0: What should you be doing with your playoff challenge rosters now that we know Peyton Manning is starting? What should players be thinking about with the 101 for 2016? And what should Dynasty owners do if we have seen the last of Megatron? We've got a great show for you. Terminator champion and 23rd place overall finisher in the FFPC main event, Nelson Verbit is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your Eric Balkman Show edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. (music) From the WRST radio studios in beautiful Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and heard around the world on the WRST stream. It's The Eric Balkman Show. Show edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com live from the Gatorade Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Honda and the new 2017 Honda Ridgeline. The next generation Honda Ridgeline will further improve on the space, comfort and utility that made the original one of the most forward-thinking vehicles in its class. It's the all-new truck with all-new tricks. Remember to watch its live stream debut at the Detroit Auto Show on Monday at Honda.com. Greetings and salutations to all you bulkaholics and gerzak addicts tuning in. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my usual co-host, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, has the night off. So sitting in for him is a man I will introduce right now. This past season, he celebrated two Football Guys Players Championship titles, two FFPC Main Event titles, including a 23rd place overall finish, as well as the 2015 Terminator title that paid him $10,000. He cashed more than $20,000 this year in the FFPC, and he is here to tell us how he did it. Please welcome in uh, my co-host for this evening, the 2015 FFPC Terminator $10,000 winning champion, Nelson Verbit. Nelson, thanks for sitting in with me tonight, man. EB, what an honor, man.
1: Does it get any better than this on a Friday night, brother?
0: Well, I would assume that um, we're setting the bar pretty low normally on Friday nights with myself and Dave. So th- this is such a massive upgrade to have you on the show. I don't know, honestly, if it does get any better. This is fantastic uh, having you on. It's uh, How's your new year been going so far with all this extra cash?
1: It's great, man. Cash is good and uh, getting ready for some playoff football and life's pretty good right now, man. But it's coming to an end. You know, football season ends and it gets a little depressing, but uh, you know. Life moves on, bro.
0: Life does move on, and we're going to move on with tonight's show. Nelson and I are actually going to talk about who the correct Kansas City Chief is to have in your playoff challenge lineup tonight, as well as how the D'Angelo Williams injury is affecting those playoff challenge rosters in the contest as well. Plus, Nelson and I will give you our lineups in the playoff challenge. I can't play in it. But I feel like I have the winner. We'll see. Dave also uh, could not be here tonight, but he did text me his lineup, and uh, we'll put five on that as well. And what I want to do tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because we're so close to selling out uh, the playoff challenge, I'm hoping that uh, we can actually sell out on the air tonight. It's never happened before, but it could happen tonight. We're looking at 142 teams left to go in the uh, uh, 2,500-team cap. So that is uh, very exciting that we only have 142, and then it's filled up. So definitely get in. This is your last chance, basically. Tomorrow the playoffs go on. So MyFFPC.com is the place to go to get your entries in. If you already have one, you can grab another one and uh, take your shot at $100,000 grand prize, $425,000. In uh, paying down to 350th place in a $425,000 prize pool. So shout out to the chat room right now. Uh, Feel free to post any questions you might have for myself or Nelson in there. At HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak on Twitter. Nelson, you're on Twitter too. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, Credit
1: card, C-R-E-D-I-T-C-R-D, King.
0: So it's credit credit card card king. It's credit card king without the A, right? That is correct. I got it. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so you can follow Nelson there. I follow him. And uh, do that on Twitter. Facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is where you can connect with us there. Three four seven four two six thirty six eighty two. That's 347 game over. if you want to call in and uh, chat with us tonight. And, of course, the FedEx Inbox is HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce will get those questions to us if we get any tonight. I mean, we have so much playoff challenge stuff to get to. I don't know if we'll get to any, but if there's time, we'll get to them. Uh, if you uh, want to get those uh, into uh, into um, uh, Bryce and Rob at highstakesfantasyfootball@gmail.com, at gmail.com, now is the time, uh, and we'll uh, definitely uh, get those on. Uh Nelson, we, uh, we want to get to talk about the playoffs. We want to get to talk about the playoff challenge. But first, I want to talk about what a fantastic season you had. Two Football Guys Players Championships, two main event titles, and of course, the big Terminator title as well. Congratulations to you. Um, you actually have something in common with uh, our, our Football Guys Players Championship overall winner, Blake Pyle. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, Blake and I are very good friends. We are actually in business together, believe it or not. We met about eight years ago, and um, I went to work for his company as an independent contractor. make a long story short, we um, now are sister companies. Um, His partner and my best friend, Mark Harrelson, uh, we partner up in a bunch of these events together and travel to Vegas quite often together. And uh, Blake and I go way back, and um, I'm not sure, you know, on that final final day, I'm not sure who I was more worried about, me or Blake. We were texting back and forth. I was trying to secure my victory, but he was uh, looking for something a little more there.
0: Yeah, and he, he ended up sealing the deal. Uh, he had to sweat it out, those though, with today with the stat changes, but he did come out on top, so congratulations to him. Congratulations to you. You guys, you know, Blake was on the show, and he talks about – know he played uh baseball he was a captain at uh, texas a&m in college but you were also a captain uh, on your baseball team at drexel another d1 school
1: yeah we uh we have a lot in common blake and i and uh it's it's a great relationship um basically we don't talk much business it's either uh football or baseball and uh we try to keep it simple man he's he's a great guy i'm really happy for him uh couldn't have gone to a nicer guy to win that kind of money and uh you know, uh, I'm, I, was, I was really proud of them.
0: So I think the, the advice that we can give players tonight is if you want to win a five- or six-figure uh, prize yeah. in the FFPC, basically you either go to work with Blake or you go to work with you, start your own company, and then the cash just starts rolling in from the high well, yes, fantasy football industry. D-
1: definitely that helps, and, and if you're in the credit card industry, you definitely have an advantage over everybody else. I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's clear. Uh, to to me right. it's just like, right. you know, we I think, you know, we've had so many, you know, lawyers on this show. We've had we've had a lot of finance guys. Credit card I think is uh is the is the industry that is paying off the most in the uh high stakes fantasy football landscape right now. And you and Blake are two big reasons, of course, him for the Football Guys Players Championship and you for the Terminator man ten thousand dollars for winning that congratulations to you Very for anybody cool. who's not cool. yeah it, it was it was awesome and uh, for anybody who's not familiar with the uh, Terminator contest it's a twenty six round draft uh, draft experts uh, competition and you have to drop one player each week so that the final week of the season you're basically left with a starting lineup and no bench. Cutting those players, uh, Nelson, throughout the season had to be tough. What were some of the toughest decisions that you faced in in trying to keep your uh, roster as strong as possible the entire season?
1: Well, one of the best things to give you a little promo, EB, in the Terminator tournament is that you do just have to cut somebody every week. So, yeah, you still have to do your research and all your analysis of everything, but it's still – you're not waiting around for waivers. You're not worrying about things like that. You know, you're basically cutting one person. So it's a really good tournament um, if you have multiple teams. It gives you a little bit of a break. Um, but injuries really dictate, you know, who you're going to drop. By weeks dictate a lot. Um, I had a couple very very tough decisions. One of them was um, Deshaun Jackson, which I, I cut rather late. I held on to him all year. Cut rather late. And I kind of had to decide whether I was going to cut him or Emmanuel Sanders because Sanders was hurt, and it was kind of a back-and-forth thing. And Deshaun had had a couple of big games, looked like he was coming on because Cousins was coming on. Um, wasn't sure Sanders was healthy, but, you know, he I think it was week 14 or 15, he blew up for 33, 34 points. Ended up making the right decision there. Um, also, really, probably my tougher decision was toward the end of the year, I looked ahead at at the championship week, and I saw Gurley was in Seattle. And that made me pretty uptight. And I also had rode Starks all the way through there. So I had to decide, you know, which way I was going to go and, you know, decide to go with the quality player that's going to get the carries in Seattle. And it paid off. He did get in the end zone against Seattle, which was was more than I was hoping for. But uh, there were a couple of the tougher decisions I had to make.
0: Yeah, and it just goes to show uh to everybody out there how how close uh these contests are. Um, you know, maybe not by points by the end of the season it it wasn't a razor thin margin, but it could have been. Uh, and, and you may not have come out on top had you made the wrong calls there. So certainly uh, drafting correctly is a huge part of the Terminator, but making those drops is is, is also a, a massive part of of trying to win that $10,000. You mentioned Gurley no. Nelson. You get, you get him in the fifth round, and I, I believe he fell to the fifth round, not because of the talent, not because of the situation, but because of uh, coming off that ACL injury that he uh, suffered in his last year at Georgia in October. Do you think – that we're going to see as we look forward to 2016, do you think we'll see other injured running backs fall in the draft because of in-season injuries? And I'm specifically thinking about guys like Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Charles, Arian Foster. These are guys that did not have significant injuries in the off-season. They happened in-season, and they're not exactly easy injuries to recuperate from. Do you think those guys are going to tumble in drafts at all, or are we going to forget about those by the time draft season rolls around in May and June?
1: Bro, I mean, I come out of this season, I think of one thing, the carnage of the running back position this year. It was just I mean, who thought some of the people you're gonna have starting on your lineups at the end of the year, you didn't have them on your roster. So I mean it was crazy. I mean, you gotta wonder about, you know, the running backs with the high picks. I mean, I always do, um it's I kinda of mix it up in my draft, kinda of how I'm feeling. I don't wanna have all the same players. So sometimes I do, like in this draft, I did take Charles in the first round um and ate that one, but you know, wide receivers are a safer pick. You know, it's, it, it, you're not going to see a lot of drops in rounds, I feel like, but I think you're going to see a, a drop in slots. So you might see, you know, the people that are still going to go in the first or second round, still probably going in the first or second round, but I kind of feel like, you know, that there's going to be a drop in slots. I think the exceptions coming up is probably Bell, because, man, the offense just runs through that guy and, you know, I'm real high on Gurley. He he looks to me and, you know, with a bad offense that runs the ball, you know, it looks like Minnesota of the last ten years to me. It uh, looks like AP. And, man, he gets the ball. If he's going to get the ball, you know, and get the touches, that's the name of the game, and, and you got to roll with that. So, I, you know, I think those two are real good, you know, that are not going to drop too much, you know, in the running back position. The other guy, you know, Freeman – like him a lot, but but Coleman next year also worries me, you know, feels like, you know, they're going to split a lot of touches next year. So, no, I'm not scared of Lev Bell. Uh, Jamal Charles, I'm scared of him. He had two really good running backs behind him that look really good. Um, I'm not sure they're just not going to roll with him, with uh, West and, and Ware next year.
0: Yeah, and it's not like it's not like Jamal Charles is a spring chicken anymore. I mean, he is getting yeah. up there in in both carries and age. And like you said, West and Ware have have flashed some pretty good uh, moments this year in Kansas City. Nelson, I don't know if you're aware of this. We actually had Sharkhandrick West on the show before last season. Before he um, he was a I got to think about this. He was not drafted, so I think it was coming up on the NFL draft, and he was sort of a fringe prospect and. Dave actually was just tweeting about him and he used his Twitter name and then Sharkhandrick West sort of tweeted back at him and then we got him to, to get on the show and now all of a sudden starting running back in the NFL.
1: I'm I'm not sure I, I could be a better better co host though. Well, there's
0: no listen, clearly you you have trumped Sharkhandrick West in in the co hosting abilities. Now just if I'm of, drafting somebody for my it. fantasy team or if I need somebody carrying the rock, I'm sorry my friend. You, like might you might go place that way. You're so coming in second place. You might go that way, brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing with Gurley, too, is, as long as we're talking about him, I, I think that the great thing about his fantasy prospects as we look forward to 2016, not just, I mean, throw the talent out the window. You know, let's just not even talk about how good he is. Look at the dedication that Jeff Fisher has shown to giving him the rock over and over again, even if he wasn't as talented uh, of a player as he is, just based on sheer volume, he's like a fringe first-round pick. And then you throw the talent in, and my goodness, he, he's along with Le'Veon Bell. He's about as rock-solid as you're going to get next year for first-round running backs.
1: Well, you you got to look at him have nothing but respect for him. I mean, somebody that comes back from those those injuries that he had at Georgia, and you know, to be picked seventh overall, and obviously Fisher did his homework with him. I mean, he, he's a great character guy, and the scary thing about him is they have no offense and they don't throw the ball to him. So when they figure out how to get him the ball in space, like a Charles or a Bell, you know, I anticipate him being right up there with anybody else. I, I love him. I think he's a great player.
0: We could have a, a situation back in the day when, when it was Ladanian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander for that, I think it was like a three or four year period where those guys were right. like the one two picks. We could see that with Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley for, for a three- or four-year period uh, as well, uh, given uh, the talent that both of them have. Uh, Nelson, uh, Nelson Verbit is our co-host tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Won the Terminator title this year, 23rd place in the main event. Won another main event league as well as two football guys leagues. Um, you know, you, you look at the Terminator that, that you won, Nelson, when you're... Obviously, in, in a normal draft, experts draft, you're looking at schedule, you're looking at bye weeks. I mean, that clearly goes into it. But knowing the you know the aspect of having to drop a player every single week in this, how did that change the way you drafted based on schedule, bye weeks? How did that? How did that? How was that monkey wrench dealt with by you so well in this draft?
1: Uh, I'm going to throw you bone and, t- and tell you something here. I tried something different this year. I, I went another avenue. You see teams drafting three, four kickers, three defenses, three, four quarterbacks. I decided to go two quarterbacks, two Ds, and two kickers this year. So injuries could be you know devastating to me. But if you look at it, if you take two, two, and two, which I did, which I'm sure everybody's going to do now next year, um, and that's adding three extra roster spots to you. So you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle with those three extra you know roster spots. If you're taking two, two, and two, you rarely see people take two quarterbacks because of injuries, one gets hurt by week. I almost got caught. I had Roethlisberger and Alex Smith. Roethlisberger got hurt. Alex Smith was on by week nine. Roethlisberger came back week nine. So I got lucky there. I took a gamble, but it was one of the things I wanted to do was to add those three extra roster spots. And if you look at what I did not so much Freeman in round 11 but Aiken in round 16, Starks round 19. I mean, those guys were on my lineup, you know, most of them until the very end. So, if you look at my lineup that I finished with, uh I had around 3, 4, 5, 7, 8, 9, 11, 16, 18 and 21. Okay? So, it was all about quantity and quality of the quantity in in that. You know, you need some luck do your, you know, do your speculations, but you know, those three roster spots really paid off where right? I didn't take three quarterbacks, three Ds, or three kickers.
0: That's interesting. And so that strategy for next year, that's probably something you're going to try to duplicate, right?
1: Um, probably not now that I just told everybody about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to, when they're zigging, you got to zag. So now they're going to zig. You got to, you got to zag. And, it's,
1: one, it's one and done. The, the trophy resides in Sellersville, Pennsylvania, bro. You know, you're going to have to come <laughs> and get it.
0: There you go. I, I I certainly appreciate the call out to all the FFPC players. Uh, Terminator's gonna be fun next year. You were in a unique situation in that week 16, as you actually talked about at the top of the show. You're obviously buddies with Blake. You're watching the Football Guys leaderboard for him. You're watching the main event leaderboard for yourself. You know, finishing in 23rd place. So obviously, you had a dog in that fight at the top of the leaderboard, and is and the Terminator. Uh, championship. You were in first place, watching other teams kind of sneak up on you in that. Uh, you still ended up winning Terminator by more than 20. You only put up 138.6 in the final week, but you put up, I think it was like a 215 or a 220 in Week 15 that really, really gave you a solid hold uh, on that contest. How nervous were you watching the leaderboard, not only for Terminator, but for those other contests as well?
1: Well, let's put it this way. It started out at 1 o'clock that day because I'm on Easter time. And uh, my man, Ben Roethlisberger, decided to put up nine points. So, you know, I felt trouble brewing about then. Um, so it got a little stressful that night because it came down to pretty much out a 20-point lead. Uh, he had A.J. Green. I had Nugent and Sanders. Feeling pretty good about myself until A.J. Green got 12 points on the first drive. So the lead got cut down to eight. Started to get a little upset. You know, had to kick the dog a little bit. Dogs. and um, Metaphorically. Yeah. 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 You know, it just, it got, got a little panicky. And then, uh, my man Nugent missed a 47 yard field goal. So now I'm like, this is not going right. Um, Sanders ended up catching a pass at the end of the half and then catching a touchdown, got my lead back. I, I think AJ green, you know, might've caught one pass the rest of the night. And that was it. It pretty much was a blowout and about halftime, right. Third quarter, it was all about Blake. I was, um, very, very nervous for him. And, um, uh, It was tight, and I didn't want to see overtime in that game. And everything, you know, you're not going to win something like Blake won easy. You know, it's not going to come easy. So, you know, of course, that game had to go to overtime, where anything can happen. You know, one eighty-yard catch would have changed the whole scenario if Demarius Thomas caught an eighty-yard catch, which can happen. And uh, I was worried about Blake at that point.
0: Yeah, it's I I mean, just crazy that the I, I mean, I can't imagine. Watching that many leaderboards with so much money at stake. And, and not to mention what Blake had to go through, too. Um, you know, being so tight right up at the top of the leaderboard with two other players. And then, you know, the game going into overtime, so excruciatingly painful to watch and yet so entertaining. And it's why we do it. <laughs> uh, Nelson, main event. 23rd place overall congratulations on that you didn't win the whole thing but like you said it's it's very very difficult to win something like that 23rd is certainly an impressive uh, achievement you had the human cheat code on that team Antonio Brown what else made that team so special to finish in the top 25 overall
1: well anytime you could partner up with a buddy of mine car show Larry it's always exciting because you know that provides entertainment the team started out 0-2 which is you know, in an 11-week season, you you got problems. Um, ran off eight straight, ended up in the number one slot going into the last week, first in points and the number one slot, and it took a nosedive to the three slot. Um, pretty bad, because we were on such a roll, I, I felt the team really was going to do pretty well. Um, it did kind of cruise through the playoffs. It had AB, it had Tate, it had Marshall, Baldwin. You know, Baldwin got real hot there, and um, – probably the key to the whole thing was that we saved some fab money. We had, um, we had some money toward the end there where in championship week and the playoffs uh, we were able to grab Chandler because we were really weak at tight end. Um, I'll talk to you about that later. I'm just not a big tight end drafter. And we were able to get um, Buck Allen and Chandler, who were, were just huge to help us win the titles. Um, it's kind of ironic. I mean, how many teams – that won money and won championships, you know, had a backfield of Buck Allen and Carlos Williams. I'm sure there was plenty of them in the beginning of the year. I'm probably pretty big odds on that. Um, Actually could have had a better finish, Eric. We um, Probably the toughest decision of the whole year came down to that. Last week I had Breeze and Rivers as my quarterback going into the last week of, of the championship. And, of course, Rivers was playing Thursday night in Oakland, And Breeze wasn't confirmed yet he was going to play. And Breeze, of course, was playing Jacksonville, so who wouldn't want that matchup, you know, going into the last week. So we ended up starting Rivers. It cost us 15 points. Breeze had another good game, dropped us about seven or eight slots that we should have had. But it's the name of the game. We went for safety. I didn't think we had a chance to win it all. Um, So we wanted to make sure we secured, you know, a pretty good finish.
0: Yeah, and and you obviously did a very good job with that. I was actually talking with um Jeff Mance from the Fantasy Alarm uh yep. on on SiriusXM the other day and we were talking normally it's the guys who spend the money early on in the season that um you know get those players for most of the season and really reap the benefits of the waiver wire. But this year, if you kept some money around like you guys did, you were able to cash in on guys like Buck Allen, guys like Scott Chandler. And I think that obviously, you know, we were talking about this in in the show chat room uh, tonight too, uh, saying that this was, uh, and you mentioned it too, Nelson, about all the running back injuries this year. It just seemed like a new opportunity was out on the waiver wire every single week. So I think that played a little bit uh, into it as well. But I think that, you know, not necessarily blowing all your money early in the season uh, is the way to do it, but just smartly spending it and, and keeping that little extra, even when it looks like the the waiver wire is picked dry, you never know uh, when somebody could be out there uh, that could really be a difference maker, even if it was only for one week, like Scott Chandler was.
1: Oh, I mean, how many people were looking to pick up Spencer Ware? How many people know who Spencer Ware was? Uh, You know, it's, he was he was huge for a couple of weeks, you know, and he got a little banged up, but he, you know, still looks like a good player, man. I think he's going to be a part of their backfield.
0: Um, he's a bruiser. Yeah, the Chiefs' backfield is going to be interesting to watch, not only for the playoffs but for next season as well. As we look to next year, as we're always doing on this show, especially this time of year, Nelson, we think about who the top draft pick could be. Antonio Brown certainly a candidate for that role next year. He went 101 in a lot of FFPC drafts this year. You had him on both of your main event uh, championship teams. Is he the guy that you'd be looking at at 101 next year, especially if you're shying away from uh, taking a running back there? Um,
1: it's it's either him or Julio for me. I mean, Brown had over 250 receptions the last couple of years. Um, you know, they, they both were 50 points. Julio and Brown were 50 points higher than than the running the top running back, which was Freeman, I believe. Um, and and I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure about him next year because I think Kevin Coleman's definitely a player, but um, it, it's got to be Brown or Julio. I mean, they're, they're solid. You know, Brown hasn't had any injury problems, which is good. They both have to put it up a lot. Um, I think you know the Falcons get a few things fixed next year. I think Julio's Julio's equally as good right there. Um, but Brown, with his consistency, man, it, it, it's tough. I mean, if he if he doesn't catch ten, twelve balls, you know, it's not a good game for him. You know, with the record he broke with five or whatever it was, five or six receptions a game, um, you know, the guy's ridiculous. You know, you're looking at any other receiver, you know, with six receptions is a good game. It's not a good game for him. Um, he, he's an incredible player. I, for me, he's he's the best player in the NFL.
0: Yeah, certainly I think you you get a lot of people uh, agreeing with you, even from a fantasy standpoint. What he's been able to do uh, the last few years uh, for the Steelers has been really, really, really good, similar to the really, really good year you had last year five high-stakes league titles, one tournament title for you in 2015, Nelson. Uh, It's been awesome. It's been a great ride for you in 2015. When you look back at the success that you've had this season, what do you feel kind of set you apart from the other players in your leagues? What did you do differently this year or maybe better this year than you have done in in past years that helped you get all the success?
1: Well, first of all, before I answer that, I just want to say thanks to you guys, uh, FFPC. Um, Big part of my life, love it, Um, promote it, got many friends involved in it, Um, you guys do just such a great job and uh, really appreciate everything you do. The weekend in Vegas is just, you know, it's the highlight of the year, going out there and drafting, and uh, everything you do is awesome, so I want to say thank you for that. Um, My draft strategy this year, I I think it was better than other years, Um, I think experience you know, and people always say the same thing and you know, there's always luck and injuries and you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick getting this you know, Geno Smith getting knocked out, Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in and who's throwing the ball and ends up one of you know better court fantasy quarterbacks. There's luck, but you know, I, I just don't look for the home run, man. I, I, I'm just I want to stay with consistent players and probably my main draft strategy and some agree, some don't, um I'm not looking for one the one and a half point with the tight end. I'm not a tight end guy. Um, if you look at the, the points this year, only Gronk was in the top 30. Um, I think he was number 26 and Delaney Walker, who I drafted in the ninth round, like everybody else did, you know, was 20 points behind him. So I just don't look for that. Um, they seem to get hurt a lot to tight ends because they're blocking, they're playing every play, you know, the receivers aren't doing as much, you know, if they're not in route. So, you know, I, that's what I'm looking for. Um, try to when I you know my backs not overly concerned about my backs. I had Ingram and Ivory in a lot of drafts um you know in rounds three and four and Marshall and Sanders and a bunch of them in, in two and three and um had most of those guys on like four teams. They they were they were big players for me all year. Um you know, you need some breaks, like I said, you know, you need you need Fitzgerald to uh, come in for Geno Smith. You know, you need things like that. Brandon Marshall doesn't have that kind of year with Geno Smith. It doesn't happen.
0: You know, I want, to bring, some, I want to bring it back to something you said about tight ends uh, and how you usually are waiting uh, on that position. A lot of people, especially over the years, I would say it's, I don't want to say it's common knowledge, but I think there's a pretty widespread theory about quarterbacks where you take one of the top, Uh, you know, two or three guys, and if you don't get one of those guys, you wait. Um, I think that you could make the same case for tight end, um, especially in the FFPC where people want to get Gronk or Olsen or Kelsey or, or, you know, next year it'll probably be Eifert uh, right at the top of that list as well. Um, And then there's other people like you, and I think a lot of people we've had on the show before too, you know, they don't want to blow that early round pick uh, on a tight end that – uh, there's some volatility at the position with injuries and, and performance. Whereas, well, let
1: me so, ask you something, Eric. Let me ask you something. The people you had on your show have a lot of that same strategy, right? And the yes. people on your show have basically won championships,
0: correct? I see where you're going with this. Okay, sir. You know, and the thing is, too, it's like it's not like if you wait on a tight end you only take one in, like, the eighth round or the ninth round. Usually the people that did it took Delaney Walker and Austin Safarian Jenkins and, and... Julius or, or, Thomas. Know, exactly, Julius Thomas. Eifert was another guy who didn't go incredibly high in drafts. Zach Ertz is a guy I think about, too, that really helped players down the stretch. So I think that there's, there is some truth to stacking running backs and receivers in the FFPC format early and then, you know, getting a couple of quarterbacks, getting two or three tight ends sort of in those middle rounds and then you're sort of set, and then you can take you can take flyers on those running backs in the second half of your draft. You know, guys like Buck Allen, guys like Jarek McKinnon, guys like uh Kendrick West or Spencer Ware, or whoever. Be guys that really don't have a role at the start of the season, but man, they can pay off big down the stretch, like Buck Allen, Carlos Williams did for you. I I, I,
1: re- I really agree with you. I mean, that point and a half, you know, I, I'm not going to call it the rookies or the novices, but. You know, the people that just get into it and see that point and a half, and, and it looks really good, but, you know, I just told you, Gronk was the only guy in the top 30. He was 26. Gronk has been hurt many years in a row, okay, semi-healthy this year. So you're looking at a guy that has to block every play. You know, the chance of him getting hurt or Antonio Brown dancing around on running plays you know, it's just, it's just odds and percentages at that point. You know, how many times are you going to be making solid contact with somebody? You've got a better chance of getting hurt.
0: Nelson uh, Verbit is our co-host tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Terminator champ, uh, two FPC titles, two FFPC main event titles. And uh, obviously, Nelson, with those wins... Comes a lot of cash. I didn't tally it up exactly, uh, but I know it was it was more than twenty grand uh, that that you pocketed to, to uh, you know thanks to those teams this year. What are your plans on on that cash? Are you going to go heavier uh, in in leagues next year? Are you buying something fun with it? What are you doing with the money, man?
1: Well, I have set myself up for next year, obviously. Um, my beautiful wife Lauren and my six lovely children are going to have to get a piece somewhere, which I have not provided them with yet. But um, I was told that I will be doing that. And then uh, <laughs> most of it goes into the lunchbox. Eric, man, the lunchbox goes to Vegas every six weeks. You know, and tries tries to add money to the lunchbox. It's, it's
0: I got before. it.
1: I, it's what we do, man
0: that's that's uh, a very creative answer and i appreciate that i appreciate your kind words about the ffpc uh as well nelson that that uh it's certainly always never gets old hearing that we always appreciate that and uh just glad to hear that uh you're having you know, fun playing. one
1: one last thing on that note eric it's not about the money anybody that's playing this for the money it's not about the money three hundred thousand it might be about that blake might have a different answer than me but it's about winning man it's about winning and competing the money is peripheral for that you know you you want you want the titles you want the championships you want to be able to sit here and talk to eric balkman man for an hour on a friday night it doesn't get any better than that bro
0: yeah you know and i think the fact that you know we're, we're talking about a high stakes fantasy football industry i think the fact that so much money uh is at play it really increases the competition and how hard uh people go at this and 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 try to win I, i think that that's what's so compelling uh about getting so many talented people uh in this uh in these contests every single year to uh to really beat themselves up for three months and then see who's left standing at the end of it and you were one of them this year so congratulations to you my friend thank you sir uh, I want to remind everybody uh, to sign up for the uh, world famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. Two hundred dollars is the entry fee. A hundred thousand dollar grand prize, paying out four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in the uh, play in the prize pool down to three hundred fiftieth place. I just refreshed. We're looking at one hundred and thirty-two teams. So we sold ten teams since the top of the show. I don't think we're going to sell out in the next half hour, but you never know. Uh, that closes tomorrow at three thirty-five. Uh, I believe that's Eastern, or is, it, is that... What, what, Nelson, what time does the game start for you tomorrow? I believe 4.30 tomorrow. Well, okay, 4.30. 4 30.
1: Eastern tomorrow.
0: So five minutes before that, the the lineups will lock. Make sure you have your teams in for that. You can sign up for that at myffpc.com. Nelson, as long as we have you on, let's pick your brain about some of the uh, news and notes going around the NFL on this wildcard weekend. I want to thank football guys, Roto World, and, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Ron, for preparing tonight's rundown. Let's talk Peyton Manning. Their starting quarterback, the Denver Broncos' starting quarterback for the playoffs, Gary Kubiak named him the starter for the divisional round next weekend. Looks like, uh, you know, obviously you, you have a Peyton Manning-led football team in the playoffs. You think you're going to ride his arm and the receivers? Well, eh, maybe this year it's more of a uh, focus on the running game. It's more of a focus on the defense helping you win the game. C.J. Anderson, Ronnie Hillman, obviously going to be two huge cogs uh, in the Broncos' playoff success. How does Manning being named the starter, Nelson, affect who you're taking in the playoff challenge from the Broncos?
1: I'm not a big Broncos fan. Um, It it doesn't change a whole lot for me um, in uh, three or four teams, I think, set up right now for the playoff challenge. Um, They're going to run the ball. I mean, they, they're going to run the ball, period, and that's what's going. They don't want Manning hit. They, you know, I'm not sure how well he's moving. That, that not that he ever really could move. One thing I did notice about him when he came in last week off the bench, he looked like he had a little zip in his arm. Um, I think that that couple week break helped his arm a little bit. He looked like he had a little pop. I thought saw him throw a couple, you know, 20 yard out routes that, that had a little pop on them that weren't lollipop like usual. Um, so I, I, listen, man, he's a competitor. Um he's a competitor. He doesn't have a great playoff track record, but th- that team's going to run the ball and play defense so if I'm looking at anybody in the playoff challenge i I'm looking running back there
0: you c i mean I think uh for a lot of people when you we've had these teams like this in the past, where it is a uh team that survives on its defense and running game. Uh, it always seems to come down to picking either the running back or the defense for this team. We saw it last couple of years with Seattle. Yeah. Um, it right. seemed like everybody had Marshawn Lynch or the Seahawks defense, and, and Denver could be that team this year where you're looking at Anderson, or if you want to be contrarian, taking Hillman or taking the Denver defense as well. It's uh, They have home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs, so everybody's got to come to Denver the Super Bowl. Uh, ticket for the AFC goes through Denver. So certainly an important cog in your uh, playoff challenge lineup will be uh, a Bronco. Uh, this kind of came out of nowhere this week, Nelson. Ed Werder said that a source told him uh, that Calvin Johnson told his mom he wasn't sure he wanted to play football anymore. And uh, when all the Lions uh, veterans, uh, you know, left for the off season, uh they left their stuff in their locker. Calvin Johnson cleaned his out. Um the the source told Werder that, quote, Calvin is the kind of guy who says if I don't feel I'm into this 100%, then I need to decide if I want to be in it at all. So, simple question, yes or no, uh, to start things off. Is Calvin Johnson in uh, uh, an NFL uniform for week one of the 2016 season?
1: 100%, yes. I believe he has four years left on that monster deal. Um, I would think if you asked Barry Sanders and you were – a buddy, and you were having a beer with him right now. He would say, "I wish I played another three, four years." You got to understand, some Eric man. These are young guys. Okay, I'm old. These are young guys in their 20s, late 20s. Calvin Johnson's what? 29 is he?
0: I think he's. he's I think he might be 30, or maybe next year he turns okay. 31. But it's May, right in that yeah. Right around
1: helps. that. So you're looking at this guy still can produce. You know, he's probably. You know, I don't know. 203, 204 kind of pick next year, maybe maybe even a little later than that. I, I think he bounces back. He didn't have a great year this year. Um, I think he was injured a lot this year with his foot problem. But I, I think he plays. I, I think it's a mistake. that He's still got a lot left in the tank. He, he's still a great player. Uh, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, and uh, I watched him uh, do a little damage with three touchdowns on Thanksgiving Day. Um, the guy, the guy can still play, and, and they throw the ball hell of a lot there. You know, I, I, it would be a shame if, if he retired right now. I think he'd regret it. So I, I got him playing, and not to mention, there's a lot of money sitting on the table still.
0: So if if you played uh, in a dynasty league, you'd probably be floating offers. You know, I don't want to say low ball offers, but below uh, market value offers for Calvin Johnson to acquire him uh, in leagues in dynasty leagues right now, wouldn't you?
1: I, I, I think he plays, Eric. Um, I, I just do. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I, the man, the, he's going to play next year. There, there's no way he, that he's just going to drop out at 29, 30 years old. Yeah, he's got a lot of money and, and whatever, and he's made a lot of money. But, you know, it's not like he's on the back end of his career. If you ask me if Manning going to play next year, I'm going to tell you no. But uh, he could still play. He's still very productive there. Um They need him. They'll keep him there.
0: Yeah, and uh, I I totally agree with you. I I think that this is the frustration of another bad Lions season fresh on his mind. Correct. You know, you you give him uh, a month or so off where he can kind of enjoy life. Uh, I think he'll uh, remember that he loves playing football, and he'll be back uh, next year as well. A guy who will not be back this week, at least, for the Steelers, is D'Angelo Williams. He has been declared out for the wild card game against the Cincinnati Bengals, Fitzgerald, Toussaint and Jordan Todman are going to be the running backs uh for the Pittsburgh Steelers that are going to see the most action behind Ben Roethlisberger this week. Uh any interest in Toussaint or uh, you know Todman, I guess, if you really want to uh, be uber contrarian. Uh any interest in those running backs uh for the playoff as, challenge as, Nelson?
1: Absolutely not.
0: No. So you're all you're all in about the the Steelers passing game then.
1: It's 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 what it's going to be. Um Cincinnati's pretty tough against the run. I know Bell's had some big games against them. Um, D'Angelo, I think I heard today or looked up, Cincinnati's given up eight rushing touchdowns this whole year, um, one to the Steelers in four of the last three weeks maybe. But, you know, everybody's getting a little run down toward the end of the year, which I understand. I, I'm all about the Steelers' passing game. Um you know, you look at the totals on the games. That, that's that's what's going to be in that game. They're, they're not, they might run the ball ten times that game.
0: Yeah, you know, they certainly. If if uh, if if I could look into the future and and if I see a Steelers win, it's not going to be because they they pounded the the rock uh, thirty times between the tackles. Well,
1: are, are you you going to put your playoff life in the hands of Roethlisberger or Jordan Todman?
0: This exactly. Great point.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, Travis Kelsey-Spencer Ware coming into the uh, week a little bit banged up, but they had full practices all week. I want to specifically talk about Kelsey because there's some pretty talented tight ends in this year's playoffs. Uh, Obviously, Rob Gronkowski and Greg Olson right at the top, uh, but Jordan Reed right up there as well, and Tyler Eifert uh, for the uh, the Bengals. Do you think Kelsey could be a sneaky playoff challenge selection, given that he might be playing two games uh, if they beat Houston this weekend?
1: Yeah, he, he definitely could be. He's somebody that, that I've been looking at. Um, but I also think Reed's going to play two games. i got a feeling he, he's going to play two games there. And, you know, he he's just on a roll. I mean, he, he looks good. He looks healthy. He looks fast. I'm an NFC East guy being from Philly, and um, I, I love the guy. I mean, if he stays healthy through the playoffs and doesn't blow out something again, um, it's going to be really interesting to see how high he gets drafted next year, probably too high. But, you know, he's a monster, man.
0: Yeah, that's. A, I mean, the, you look at the upper, we talked about the how the upper echelon for tight ends changed uh, this season. You know, Jimmy Graham uh, falling off that, and then you have guys like Tyler Eifert uh, moving up towards the top. I think it's going to be very interesting when we roll around to the uh, Genesis and Revelations uh, leagues in May to see where these tight ends get drafted, to see if people are, you know, comfortable just waiting to grab the 5th or 6th tight end off the board or if they're going to wait and grab the 8th or ninth or 10th guy, you know, that range off the board. I I think that's going to, especially for the FFPC format, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where those tight ends uh, go next year. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, the final point I want to bring up here, Nelson, before we get to our playoff challenge preview. Uh, He's been listed as questionable with, uh, obviously, that hernia situation uh, that he's been dealing with the uh, last month or so. Uh sounds like he's gonna go. It sounds like the questionable tag is, is really a formality at this point. Um can you count on Marshawn Lynch for the playoffs or, or w- would you rather look at Doug Baldwin, Russell Wilson, that Seahawks defense and, and stay away from Marshawn Lynch because I mean he might have a certain amount of rust when he gets back on the field.
1: I don't know. The O. C. today came out and said he's gonna carry it, but he's good to go for twenty carries. Um man, I, I don't know. You know, it's coming off an injury, what's going to be like minus 20 degrees there. I, I don't like him. Um I'm not going that direction. I, I didn't go that direction in any of my lineups. Um, you know, it could be a good contrarian play, if you could call Marshawn Lynch a contrarian play. Seriously. Yeah, no, you're right. Be because everybody's thinking the same way. Listen, we all think the same way. It's 20 degrees, coming off this injury, you know, hasn't played in five weeks. Uh, you know I, I i i don't like him you know he, he, he's scary to me he didn't look that good to me before his injury um i think he's slowing down i think he's 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 running to the
0: end here you know the other thing too that that you have to keep in mind if if you're thinking about playing lynch in the playoff challenge kristen michaels looked pretty good the last couple of weeks and it's not like he's had a lot of mileage on his tires uh throughout the season you know he, it's not like he's had 300 plus carries i mean he's you know, quote unquote, somewhat fresh uh, as well coming to the playoffs. So I think when you have a guy like Michael and you have a guy like um, uh, Marshawn Lynch, you could be looking at a timeshare there. Uh, I think that there is a, a, a pretty good chance of seeing that. Especially, even if Seattle goes deep into the playoffs, I think you could still see them going with a one two punch. And remember, that Seahawks passing game looked really, really good in the month of December. Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin. Man, really they, they, I do mean, Doug,
1: Doug Baldwin's been incredible. I mean, carried me on a couple of teams and um, really out of nowhere. But, I mean, you look at this. As I know we're going to start talking about the playoff challenge. You look at this. You probably look at the winner of this playoff challenge, and somebody's going to have Marshawn Lynch, Jordan Todman, somebody like that. You know, right, I'm just going to blow to 200 and put a couple of these guys in there. Because <laughs> it's, been, it's been that kind of year, man. You know, it, it's a last man standing kind of year. I, I can't, you know, who knows? It's been, it's been feel, a crazy year. It, yeah, it's going to continue I, to be crazy.
0: It, it definitely will be. I've been saying that this is going to be one of the most unpredictable playoffs we've seen in a while. I remember a couple of years ago in the playoff challenge, maybe it was three years ago now, and the winner, and I can't remember who it was, um, but they had Darren Sproles on their roster, You know, a guy right. that what uh, right. w- wasn't even really the, the lead guy on his team, and then he ended up just crushing it in the playoffs, and then they ended up winning the, the five-figure, or six-figure prize, whatever we had at the time for it. it. It's, it's um,
1: funny you said that because I, I was doing a little research and talking to some people and trying to get this thing straight for tomorrow, and one guy keeps popping in my head. I, I'm going to say it so everybody else will use him and then he won't do anything, which is cool. Giovanni Bernard. I just got oh, yeah. a sneaky feeling that he, he if they get on any kind of run and get by Pittsburgh – yeah, you know, they're they're a pretty good football team, Cincinnati. Um before Dalton went down, they a couple defensive injuries, they are a pretty all around good football team. I you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bernard go off. He 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 can play.
0: Yeah, he can he can play. He's been the lead guy before. He's the pass catcher in that offense, so if this Steelers-Bengals game somehow turns into a right. shootout, which it very well could be, it's going to be Bernard on the field a lot, and then if Cincinnati's able to hold serve at home, then they go on in the playoffs and Bernard gets uh, two games. So certainly, I think that there is uh, something to be said for that. I want to uh, move into actually talking about what lineups uh, we're thinking about using. Obviously, again, Dave and I can't play in it, but we always uh, you know, have a side bet on this every single year of uh, whose lineup will do better. So I have Dave's lineup. I have my lineup. Nelson, I believe you have at least one of your lineups. I will let you go first. You can pick whoever you want to uh, name their lineup first, either me, Dave, or you.
1: Go ahead, buddy.
0: Okay, you so I'll do, mine. I'll do mine first. And it's interesting, this was a lineup, as soon as the um, playoffs were announced, and, and we knew the matchups, uh, I, I, I kind of just jotted down a quick lineup, and it was this lineup. Uh, I wrestled with it all week, I switched some guys around, I moved some guys out, I moved some guys in, and I just, I never really felt that great about it, and then I was looking at it tonight, and I switched some guys around again, and lo and behold, I, the one I felt good with was the one I initially came up with, and that's the one I'm sticking to. So I will well, go through I'm going right to let
1: you know if, if, if you matched any of my guys in this lineup I got.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's funny, too? Nelson, the other thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, When when Dave and I were texting before, he actually sent me a lineup, and I said... Uh, I looked at it and I said, we have two guys that are different. So then he sent me a second lineup just so we'd have uh, a little bit more variance. But apparently Dave and I were uh, thinking on, on a similar level, which usually is not good. Um, okay, so here, here's what I have. I hope I'm not line. on that level, bro. No, no, no. Listen, you're way above that
1: level. Yeah, one I day
0: want to be there. <laughs> one day Dave and I will be uh, close to your level. But right now uh, you're thinking uh, on a much higher level than the rest of us. Uh, okay, so my quarterback – uh, this is uh, a guy I believe will be playing in the NFC Championship game. He's probably going to be the MVP this year, and that's Cam Newton. So I have him at quarterback. Um, so do I, Eric. You know, do you really? I so Where I do. Dave had Cam Newton as well, and then he switched it out, uh, and I won't reveal it yet. But So you and I both have Cam Newton. I have I two running backs. I have two running backs on this team. Uh, you know, Sort of like the, the chalk play, David Johnson, I think a lot of people are going to have uh, the way that he crushed it. Uh, the month of December. Uh, so I, I just feel like if my team's going to do anything, I need to have a guy like that who's going to be accruing points. And I believe Arizona gets to the Super Bowl, too. So those double points. And that is Super also Bowl.
1: my RB1, Eric.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, so, uh, now, I'm how, we, for, how are
1: we going to do together, buddy? I, well, well, We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Oh, I'll tell
0: you what, Nelson. You will not have this guy on your team. You will uh, not have. Because, you know what? I'll go first. Okay, you go ahead.
1: C.J. Anderson.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean and, and we talked about it too. Running back or we defense did. in Denver and you went running back.
1: I tried to lead you in there, man.
0: Yeah. No, I see, and you know who I went with, a guy you just spent two minutes talking about how you wouldn't have him on your team, and that's Marshawn Lynch. I have Lynch on my team. It it kind of what you said, a contrarian play, because a lot it of is. people are gonna not wanna play him because of the rust, because He didn't look all that great this season, even when he was in there. So I think that there's something to be said for that. But I'm just going to take the chance, and hopefully he can have this great run in the playoffs three years in a row. So I have Lynch as my second running back. I went with three wide receivers on this team, Uh, the aforementioned Antonio Brown, uh, Demarius Thomas, and then Jeremy Macklin, I think, is is kind of a, uh, you know, I don't want to say an out-there pick, but I think a lot of people are going to have uh Travis Kelsey from that squad. Uh maybe even the defense too, the way that they've well, uh, been getting to the quarterback.
1: We we really think alike, bro. This is getting a little scary. Um uh, did you have all three of those receivers? You, no, I did not have all three, but I do have Jeremy Jeremy Macklin. Uh-huh. I do have Antonio Brown and I have uh Mr. Hopkins in there also.
0: Oh yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. And obviously you couldn't have had Thomas because you already have CJ Anderson. But Hopkins Correct. man. That's a great pick, too, if they're able to beat Kansas City and, and Hopkins plays two games in the playoffs. I mean, he could be looking at 25, 30 targets.
1: I'm going to tell you something. Um, Macklin and Hopkins both could have big games. Real, I, that, there's going to be it, You're looking at two really good defenses there right now. Not two good de- defenses. Two good defenses that have played well the second half of the year. It's going to be a shootout. There's going to be 50, 55 points in that game.
0: I think that that would be the perfect way to kick off these playoffs too with with those guys uh, with Houston and Kansas City having the first game just to really set the tone of like anything you thought about what what was going to happen in the playoffs, throw it out the window. And the final score will be like 42-39 or something like that. Yep, that's how I have it. I'm usually Uh, right, Eric. I have two tight ends uh, on this squad, Rob Gronkowski and Jordan Reed. Uh, I am with you, my friend. I, I do believe the uh, Washington football team moves on and the Redskins play in the divisional round. Uh, I do have Mason Crosby as my kicker. Uh, just because uh, if the Packers end up moving on, uh, hopefully he'll get some points, uh, you know, in in the Washington game and then whoever they play in the second round. And then uh, the Cincinnati Bengals defense is who I'm rolling with there. I know it's against Pittsburgh, but I feel like if, even though Cincinnati uh, is an underdog in this game, uh, the fact that they're the three seed, they get the home game, uh, I I feel okay about them as my defense uh, when, when the rest, you know, when I look at the rest of my roster and I have all those playmakers, I'll just roll with Cincinnati. I did not pick any players from Houston or Minnesota. So that is my uh, lineup, Nelson.
1: We are just on the same page, bro. Um, Reed, Gronkowski, Crosby, uh, I'm going with Seattle's defense.
0: Yeah, there you go. So very, very similar. Uh, Kern Reeve, of course, Wasp guy in the uh uh, chat room said his picks for two teams are identical to mine. So I think the fact that Dave's were so close, uh, Nelson's were so close, and uh, Kern uh, definitely had a lineup very similar to mine. Clearly we know one thing. My lineup, not going to be winning anything this year.
1: Well, clearly just to promote your great organization, you've got to buy five or six teams and mix it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey,
1: what else did I do me. for you
0: tonight, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that uh no so that that's uh fantastic so our squads are very similar you had the uh seahawks you had cj anderson and you had who is oh deandre hopkins was your your other receiver okay yeah so i will um i'll go through dave's uh here it's very different than than ours now he also had crosby reed and gronk uh at kicker and his two tight ends he also had antonio brown uh and david johnson and and that's where the similarities end his quarterback was russell wilson and uh, he's actually going with Sharkhandrick West uh, for his second running back. Um, obviously, betting that West will be the guy to own in that Kansas City Chiefs backfield. Uh, hopefully, multiple games. I have games. him in at least three lineups. You said you have three or four teams right now, Nelson. Four right now. He's in all three of my other lineups. Yeah, I mean he's 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 a playmaker, and he catches passes. Like I think that there's a lot to like about. Uh, Sharkandrick West. So Dave has Wilson Johnson West. A.J. Green um, is is his Bengals representative. Uh, I already mentioned Brown Thomas. And then uh, Gronk and Reed at the tight end, Crosby. And then he's going with the Carolina Panthers defense. And it seems like every single year in the playoff challenge, there is a team in it, in the Super Bowl, right at the top of the leaderboard for right. the six-figure prize that always has one of the defenses in the Super Bowl. It just always seems like it comes down to that every single year.
1: Yep, that, that makes it tight, but um, I, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> so Nelson, if uh, I, was, I don't want if my if defense was, there if i was that's there's certainly a case to be made for that as well if i was to ask you if you look at your lineups who's the who's the most off the wall selection that you have on any of your rosters at this point obviously you can change them up until kickoff of or five minutes before kickoff of the of the chiefs texans game but what's what's the what's the strangest most contrarian pick you have out there
1: it's funny. I uh, I'll, I'll give it to you. It's probably the most least contrarian player uh, in the NFL. Adrian Peterson.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> How do you like that for contrarian play? It, and that's and honestly, the first lineup that Dave sent me, he one of the I said he was only different on two players, and Peterson was one of them. He had Peterson on one of his teams, but that's interesting because if Minnesota is able to hold serve at home, it's probably going to be because Peterson had a big game, and then they would move on. And I believe they would play Arizona, so then they go to the Correct. desert to play the Cardinals. So I think Peterson is an interesting guy, too, because honestly, who else are you taking on the Vikings? Blair Walsh? I mean, who else is nope. Not going to do that. Um, I, I think
1: that, if they, like you said, if they're going to stay in the game, Peterson's going to have to keep him in. And I think um, if you take every FFPC playoff lineup, I would bet you he's not in 10% of them because – uh, you know, the game that was in Minnesota, 38 to seven game, you know, a couple of weeks ago, people that, that's how people, you know, fantasy football, you know, people look at what happened the week before. Yeah. Okay. Somebody has a big game, you know, that's their guy, you know, and it doesn't work like that. It doesn't mean the matchups the same next week. It doesn't mean that anything. I think the weather's going to be a factor tomorrow. Okay. It's tough hitting in minus 20 degrees, um, I think Seattle has given up some points to running backs this year, and I have to assume that they're going to make the adjustments and be able to get him the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if he catches four or five balls tomorrow night, try to get him outside.
0: Yeah, I, it certainly uh, the the Vikings are not going to hold any part of their playbook back uh, when when it's all or nothing uh nelson we are quickly running out of time but before we do i want to first of all congratulate you on all the success you've had this season thanks sir winning the winning the terminator winning the uh or or getting uh two league titles in the main event including a 23rd overall uh place finish and and the two football guys titles as well congratulations to you good luck in the playoff challenge with uh with your squads i know you'll probably tinker with those a little bit more leading up until uh, the start of the playoffs and I want to uh, thank you for all the kind words. So glad that you have uh, a blast playing, and, and we'll definitely have to hook up uh, in Vegas next year.
1: Brother, I look forward to it. Um, really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Love to do it again sometime with you, and thanks again to all you guys at FFPC for everything.
0: Well, we certainly appreciate it, and thank you for playing, Nelson. This was uh, this was quite a treat having you on tonight. Nelson Verbit, the Terminator champion for 2015 finished in 23rd place overall in, uh, in the uh, main event, two football guys titles as well. Thank you, Nelson, uh, for coming on tonight. Thank you for all the kind words. We sold 25 teams on the show tonight, down to 117 left. MyFFPC.com is where to go to sign up for those teams. Thanks to Honda, Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and all of you listeners. Dave will be back next week with main event champ Gary Allen. going to be on the show. Enjoy the playoffs. Play the playoff challenge. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.